we have a responsibility to get the work to the streets. MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast. Highways, um, movement of goods, these are things that we rely on every day. Got to have the ability to get their product to market. As long as you're performing, we want to be behind you pushing. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile podcast presented by the Mississippi Department of Transportation. I'm MDOT Digital Media Manager Paul Catool, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Kraft. He handles government and constituent affairs here for the agency. And the last time you saw us, we wrapped up 15 episodes in 15 weeks on the legislative session. Hopefully, we were able to give everyone kind of a good play-by-play of what was going on with transportation infrastructure during the session and kind of how that's going to impact us going forward. Uh, Will, we're back. We're excited to be back. I think uh, you'll agree we've got just a great slate of guests uh, coming up. So we're very excited about that. And no better way to start, get out of the legislative session and, right. and move forward than to talk to former MDOT Commissioner Dick Hall. We are so appreciate, appreciative of you being here with us today, Commissioner Hall. Glad to be here. Appreciate being invited. Absolutely. So we'll give you a little bit of information on Commissioner Hall, and then we'll let him uh, talk a little more on that. So Commissioner Hall was appointed Central District Transportation Transportation Commissioner by Governor Kirk Fordyce in April of 1999, and he served as commissioner until his retirement in 2020. Uh, he is the longest-serving Transportation Commissioner in MDOT history, and he also served 24 years in the Mississippi Legislature prior coming to MDOT. So would you like to speak on your career, kind of going from, uh, you know, the legislature and into MDOT? Well, it, um, it's different. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> but it actually did give me a, a good uh, background to, to come to the, to, to, to the Department of Transportation. But uh, I guess the, the, and I chaired the Appropriations Committee in the, right. in the State Senate, and so I got it very involved in, in MDOT's business. It, even when I was there. But the thing about the legislative process that always frustrated me a little bit, you, you person, you introduce a bill and you maybe get it passed and becomes signed by the government, becomes law, and you think when you had that idea, you thought it was going to play out like this. And it doesn't play out that way sometimes. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. And, and that, that's very frustrating. You, you sometimes don't see it, be able to get, from from the start to the finish. So when I was appointed Commissioner of Transportation, I was tickled to death because I was coming somewhere where you actually can start something and follow it through to the very end, the completion, and maybe even cut a ribbon. Uh, That's right. And it, it, it in, in my background, my personal background, my business background was uh, uh, construction. So I felt very comfortable at MDOT. And uh, <laughs> I've, speaking of MDOT, though, I, I've got to tell this. Back when I was in the legislature, I was down in Simpson County, Delo, one day for a, uh, a little Republican gathering sponsored by the Simpson County uh, Republican Party. God's country. And the chair of it was some 18-year-old kid by the name of Brad White. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> that day... Although, I would, in all seriousness, I was very impressed with Brad. Uh, and I made a mental note. I said, I'm going to remember this young man, and I'm going to uh, probably have some, some contact with him sometime in the future. So when I got this job as, as Commissioner of Transportation, 
of course, I had a, an incumbent uh, assistant, and that worked out for, for quite a while. But after a while, I, I did have a need for an assistant. So I called Brad, who was a little older by then, and I wanted him to come to work for me. And he said, no, I, I'm working for another commissioner, a public works, a public service commissioner. That's right. And, uh, well, anyway, it wasn't too long after that he called me back and, and said, Commissioner, is that job still open? My commissioner got beat. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, Brad came to work for me. Now, little did I know that one day he would actually be director of this agency, but he did a terrific job, and, and I was very pleased that, uh, that, that, I, that I had some role in his life. Absolutely. So during all those years you were here, a lot of important projects that went on. Is there anything that really just, you know, that you're most proud of, maybe your favorite kind of projects, things that, that happened, being able to see things from start to finish? I did. My 20-something my years, it was, uh, it, it was, uh, 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 we did, it did have some important things happen. But i got to tell you about a phone call I got one day. Okay. I'm sitting in my office, and U.S. Senator Trent Lott called me. And uh, my my Secretary came in and said, got this U.S. Senator Trent Lott's on the phone for you. And I said, oh, oh, okay. So I picked up the phone, expecting to hear his assistant on that, say, well, you know, let me get Trent Lott. And now he was on the phone. And he said, Commissioner, I got something for you today. And I said, what's that, Commissioner? He said, $100 million. All right. I said, you're kidding. He said, no. I'm sending you $100 million. Now, at this time, Senator Lott was majority leader of the United States Senate. It shows you a little bit about the, the influence and power of that position. Right. And he sent $100 million. And I said, well, anything you want me to, particularly you want me to do with it? He said, yeah, I want you to go build that bridge over the Mississippi River in Greenville. And, uh, and with, with that $100 million, we forced Arkansas, who really wasn't ready to build that bridge, because it was going to cost them a lot of money, uh, uh, to 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 commit to it, and we did get it built. And so, then that, that was one, as I was saying earlier, about uh, the progress of something. That was one from the very beginning. I helped locate where the bridge was going to go. We talked about the design of it and the construction of it, and we finally cut that ribbon on it. And it gives you a great feeling to be involved in something like that. I just wish that bridge was where more people went over it. Yeah. Because it, it's a beautiful structure besides being a, a very efficient uh, structure. But anyway, there was a number of things. We did Metro Jackson. We uh, added lanes I-55 and north and south. We added lanes I-20. Uh, of course, being a Mississippi State graduate, uh, we got the Highway 25 start right. before lanes, which I, which I, I would thought would have been a little priority of mine. But it, but anyway, to help Ole Miss friends, we did, uh, we did four-lane uh, Highway 6 from Batesville to, right. to Oxford. So, As a Rankin County uh, Reservoir resident, I, I very much appreciate the work on 25. It's yeah, still uh, a, a little bit of a nightmare at the peak traffic times, but it's significantly better. Yeah, well, of, course, <laughs> of course, there's some that we didn't – there's always something you didn't get done. And the one that probably uh, frustrated me the most was Highway 49 South. And i got to tell you one more story, if you don't mind. Please, sir. Uh, my secretary came in and said, uh, got a man, a gentleman on the phone who wants to talk to you. Uh, I said, you know who he didn't know? And he, he, ate, he gave me his name, and anyway, she told me, and I didn't know him. Got on the phone, and, 
and he said, uh, Commissioner, you got time to answer a question for me? And I said, well, I sure try. He said, well, I was watching TV last night, and they said the sun was going to burn out in 100,000 years. And I want to know how you're going to get through with Highway 49 in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> and and uh, I went down there yesterday, and we're still not quite through. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it, it is a super project, and, and there's a lot of reasons for the, for the length of it, and, 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 it's, and it's wrapping up, and it's a, that's a great deal. So, it is looking out. much better. It's looking really good out there. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Uh, there's a, well, there's never enough money to do everything you want to do. Sure. Never. Never. But, but fortunately, uh, and I think y'all want to talk about the legislature a little sure. bit. Sure, yes, sir. Uh, that this, but this session, the legislature certainly did some significant things for us. Uh, the uh, $1.4 billion budget to start with, they appropriated, and as best my memory, that's the biggest we've ever, I think, I'm still saying we. Okay, MDOT has ever received. Uh, and there were no earmarks. Yep. Now, for anybody that doesn't know what an earmark is, that's a legislative process for, and you go in and you got, some, you got a pile of money, and you start with saying, well, the legislature starts naming what specifically what they want to name, what they want to spend on, and a specific project uh, in MDOT's case. But this year, no MDOTs, they, I mean, no, no, no earmarks. They were leading it up to the commission and the staff to determine which are the most important projects and, and where the money should be assigned. And that was, that was a significant thing for them to do. Uh, $44 million extra in, for maintenance. Yes. And also an additional $40 million to match uh, federal money. That's right. Because it, it, the, the Washington is sending a, a chunk of money, but, but you've got to have the match for it. And we would have missed it if we, if they had not done that. So they did. And, but, but unfortunately, the one thing they didn't do was to provide for that long-range funding that we're always faced with. That's right. And that conversation's taken shape in a couple different forms, uh, whether it's a, a gas tax or some other, uh, you know, fee uh, that they've come up with. But that will most definitely, especially as electric vehicles start uh, showing up. That will most definitely be a conversation uh, for the upcoming sessions, most likely even the, the next one or the next, you know. Well, of course, I tried 20 years ago to get, to get the gas tax increased uh, now, and, if, and if, I'm, I'm going to have to say I told you so because <laughs> if we had done that, we would now have a lot of these highways built and not only built, we'd have them paid for. But anyway, we, the, 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 that was 35 years ago in Mississippi last uh, uh, adjusted the, the fuel tax. And so it's a long-range plan of some sort. But you're exactly right. It's going, and, and, and other states are looking at this, as, as is Mississippi. Uh, what are the alternatives? What are the options? What else can you do besides the fuel tax? Now, the fuel tax is based on user need, that, and the user pays, That's right. which I think is the right way to tax something, to, to pay something like that, is that you, the folks out there riding on the highways are the ones paying for it. So uh, it just happens to be the worst time uh, for gas prices right now. Trying to have that conversation doesn't help with right. the, uh, the cost of it. Well, you know, that was always the problem, I guess. But, you know, True. I used to remind people 
Exxon would go up 10 cents overnight. <laughs> you know, and all we wanted were a few pennies, you know, and it, and it wasn't adjusted for 35 years. That's very so true. So it's a long time not to adjust to something. And can you imagine what the construction cost did over the last 35 oh, yeah. years? And now you got vehicles getting 25, 30 miles to the gallon, uh, and and not in, in fact you've got some of you, of course electric uh, that's not uh, paying any fuel tax at all. But Mississippi does have a charge for the electric. I think it's a hundred dollars, and the uh, and the hybrids for seventy dollars or something like that. That's right, seventy-five and a hundred and something mm -hmm. right there. That's right. Oh, yeah, and and I believe it collected a little over little over a million dollars last year. All it all it took in. Yeah. So which obviously is not. Not the answer. Some 30-something states have done something similar to this. Now, this all started back when uh, uh, Oregon was the first one, I think I remember, they set up a pilot program for doing vehicle miles travel, that you would be charged for the vehicle's fee for the, for the miles you, you, you drove your vehicle. And they have technology now where they, they could do that. And that would cover... Uh, with all the vehicles, yeah. Anyway, but the other, there's 30-something states now, I think, have some type of some Virginia's, uh, I can think of something similar, Mississippi, uh, Kentucky's about that same, and they're getting ready to double theirs. But okay. the, the, the problem is it's, uh, there is no pet solution yet found for it. That's right. right. But let, let me, can I, can I just jump back to something? Of course. Sure. You know, I think that just remember something that I failed to mention to the legislature did, and it may have been the most important thing they did, and that was adjust the salaries of the MDOT employees. That's something we struggled with for years, and losing good people just right and left. Right. Uh, we used to have 3,200 people. I think now we got less than 2,600, uh, and and it's not just. Of course, for years we've had the problem. You know. This is, this is an engineering operation. Uh, and, 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 and getting and keeping uh, qualified engineers were really a problem. But now we got down, we got down to where uh, maintenance people. I mean, we were losing maintenance people to, to local government. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and this is, and I've had a long conversation with Brad about this since, since you guys pulled it off, working with the legislature. Uh, this is this is just really significant, and it's, I think it's going to it's going to not only immediately help the speedy core of the of the of the employees, but it's going to keep keep some employees, and because the ones you keep losing are those that have had a few years experience, and, so, and somebody else would come higher, and uh, and and they they learned it at uh, at your expense. So that's that that was a significant thing the legislature did. On that same yeah. note, I would even add, you know, as you're well aware, kind of for the last 10 years, we were really focused on just maintaining what we had. You know, and um, somebody who's, I, I imagine I'm just a communications major, but, you know, somebody who went through all the effort and academic trials and tribulations to get that engineering degree, you know, they're not just overly thrilled to come just repave roads all the time. And that Greenville uh, Bridge you mentioned was kind of the last, you know, I think I-69 will maybe fit into that category, but you know, getting back into some of those big capacity projects so that we have the recruitment tools folks are wanting to come work on those projects, you know. Uh, I think that'll certainly help as well, it kind of in, in partnership with the salaries getting corrected. Maybe we can get them in and keep them, you know. 
that that exactly that's and that's what you've got to do to have the and if we ever get the funding the long-range funding where it should be you've got to have a staff to do that that's right and sure. you can't have brand new people doing it you need some experienced people to to implement uh, the kind of program that we need to have you know maintaining no 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 maintenance program i keep saying hours it just feels <laughs> like i'm involved uh maintenance program and the construction program yes sir yes sir I uh, want to take this in a little bit of a different direction. A couple weeks back, it's hard to keep track of time these days, but we had a uh, ceremony here for you, honoring you uh, and dedicating a tree and uh, that sort of thing. So what did it mean? It seemed like it was really a who's who of the Mississippi political world and yeah. others coming together to honor you. So what did that mean to you, Commissioner Hall? It was, my, it was, it was a whole lot bigger deal than, than Brad let than me on to think it was going to be. He'll do that. Uh, I mean, all he said, well, Commissioner, we're just going to plant a little tree down there, and we want you to, we want you to show up for it. <clears throat> and I go in there, and both U.S. senators and the, and the former governor and all sorts of and the elected, statewide elected officials, mayors, super everybody. So I, he didn't tell this, you any of those people were going to be there? Well, I got, as he got a little closer, he kind of had to tell me about, <laughs> about a few of them. But in all, and they were not employees that were able to be there. And it just, um, and, and former MDOT employees that I got to see that I hadn't seen in a long time. So, yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was personally, it just, uh, I don't know how to express it, I, and I usually not at a loss for words. But <laughs> uh, it was it was a fantastic event, and I, and I sincerely appreciate it. My family was all there; they appreciated it, and uh, and I and I appreciate that tree being there. Certainly, no all the speakers had wonderful things to say about you. Lots of high praise, but specifically your speech actually stuck out uh, to me personally. Um, kind of your comments on the tree itself and the planting of it and that uh, conversation you'd had with your dad about the planting the tree, maybe it was your granddad. Um, I, I, would you share that again with us? Yeah, my, my, I keep a, my dad, when they, my, my, my mom and dad were building their, their, their final house, you know, they had in the, in the Jackson area. And, uh, and I was a young man and, and I was helping my dad plant an oak tree. And, and he, he uh, and he and as we were doing that, uh, I said, Dad, I don't understand why you're planting an oak tree, because it's so slow growing. You're not gonna you're not gonna be able to enjoy the big thing when it really gets big enough to enjoy. And he turned to me, and I'll never forget it. He said, Son, somebody's going to. And that always stuck in my mind. In fact, to this day, I have uh, uh, Martin Luther's quotation in my office that even if I knew the world was going to pieces tomorrow, I would still plant my apple tree today. Uh, now, so uh, that planting of that tree, <clears throat> and particularly since it's, it's an oak tree, that's right. made, a, made a tremendous effect. Uh, 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 when I found out that's what they were going to do, that's what, I came, what came to my mind. And, uh, and it did bring back some great memories with my with my dad and much like the quote as you mentioned uh in your speech that day you know similarly with uh the transportation work the the infrastructure the the planning the you know construction work that's going on now it's very similar to that whole uh ideological uh, whatever lack of a better word uh concept of the tree that you may not ever get to see it yourself but the generations ahead yeah. right I, um you know exactly the work, very the work that uh, i will never see that did. tree grow to to, to any size height, at any real height, but uh, but somebody it, it's going to it's going to be there. 
That is, that is no doubt. Uh, so we've got a couple of uh, fun questions for you. Oh, yeah. We're going to add one in and then, of course, the, the favorite question. So your fa- uh, tell us about your first car and then maybe your, your dream car, if you could have any car out there. We're talking transportation, so let's do it. Well, I grew up in the, in the 50s, and my first car was a 1948 Ford. Uh, and of course, it was second or third hand. <clears throat> And, and I used to park it right across the street there, right, right beside Central High School, where I where I where I attended. And that's during right, the, next door here, yeah. Uh, oh, that's and, wild. And during the, I hadn't wandered off very far. <laughs> uh, the, in the, uh, and during the fifties is when the Thunderbird came out. And I said, my wow, <laughs> you know, I'd give if anything to have one of those things, and uh, which is. And I mean, it was such a wild dream. I never, and, and when I arrived here today, I drove here in my Thunderbird. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, my wife finally told me, she said, I'm tired of hearing you talk about it. Go get one. So 20 years ago, I did. My, uh, my grandmother had a, a Thunder Chicken back in the day, we like to call it. It was uh, kind of like you said about your first car. It had passed through several hands before we got it. So it wasn't quite a bird anymore. It was just a Thunder Chicken. It was hanging on. Uh, well, that's a good answer. That's exactly right. Uh, and you, well, and to back up a little bit, you mentioned Brad and, and you know, meeting him and D-Lo back as an 18-year-old. You know, we see uh, the, the serious, focused, and director Brad White all the time, but kind of what was he like as a 20-year-old working for you? Well, he, wasn't, he was older than that when, I, when he finally came to work for me. <clears throat> uh, that few years had passed, for, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, for both of us. Uh, and... and but but he you know Brad just jumped right in he just you know he he made a unlike anybody else I've ever had in that position I mean he's gonna get around the he's gonna get around first get around the building and meet everybody oh yeah he's gonna know what you what do you do and you know how do you do it he was terrific without it being out in the uh, he'd like he'd go with me out to the project projects and the and, and project offices and the district offices and and. Uh, and really took him, obviously, a sincere interest in, in what was going on. So when this job came back open, and of course I thought the world of Melinda McGrath also, but sure. anyway, when she was no longer director and there wasn't a vacancy, uh, Brad's name was mentioned to me. And I said, well, I don't know that I would have thought of that. You know, Brad had job chief of staff of Senator Cochran and, and all sorts of other, he was head of the chairman, uh, chairman of, the, of the Mississippi Republican Party, so, so forth. Uh, but you know, now I think about it, you know, it may be a really good fit he, because he's going to walk in there knowing what MDOT's all about. Unlike some directors that have, that have been placed in there before in the history of, of the highway department and the, and the, and the, and the Mississippi Department of Transportation, and, uh, and I was right. And from all I hear from the employees, he, he did that first, that first thing. He, he's still getting out there. And, Getting involved and understanding what's going on, and wanting to know what you're doing, and so forth. So I, I, I'm, I'm real pleased that uh, that those in charge of the selection chose that way. And it's got to be kind of cool. Your legacy almost kind of lives on with him too, to this day, of you know what you accomplished, and you know your assistant, and he's running the whole show now. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe. <laughs> he hasn't matured a little bit since he was my assistant. Absolutely. No, in all seriousness, he he has. Uh, you know, I, and you know, like another son to me. But uh, he's 
he's, he's made me very proud of, uh, of, the, of the job he's doing. And, and, uh, and he's got some big plans for him. Not, and, and he and Will and others that, that dealt with the legislature this year did a fantastic job. I, I mean, did, uh, Appreciate that. that was so such frustrating to me. I sat as a former member of the legislature and Senator King, well, Commissioner King, uh, certain the state senate, uh, uh, and, and, and it just, it was frustrating not to be able to, to get done what we really need to get done. And, and um, I believe they got more done this year than I can remember in a long time. And you mentioned uh, Commissioner King in there, and you, you have a relationship with, with our other commissioner, Commissioner Simmons, who served with uh, him back in the legislature as well. Yeah. Uh, you keep up with those guys too much these days? No, it's anyway, uh, Commissioner Simmons, Senator Simmons, and I, Served together in, in the state senate, and and we were we were we were good friends. He was a Democrat and I was a Republican, but he we, we we always could get together and talk about whatever it is we need to talk about, and come to something that we could both both live with. So I always appreciated about uh, Senator Simmons, and I still call him Senator Simmons, uh, uh, Commissioner now, uh, and his word was good. He told you something, you were going. I've, I've referred to him as Commissioner Senator Simmons many times. I just put it all in one and get it right there. And Commissioner King as well, I think y'all's timelines didn't quite uh, hit at the same time in the legislature, but served on the commission here. I know you guys had a bunch of good years together. Yeah, very much so. Um, um, very much so. And we became very close at, in our service here on the commission. I served some great guys, Zach Stewart and, 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 and um, Mike Taggart and just, just – uh, uh, well, I'm Brown, uh, uh, we, we've had some good commissioners. And, and speaking of, you know, Brad, as you mentioned, and, and all the other staffers you had, we've got, you know, Mikey in the house with us today was a, a, a stalwart for you for many years there. You've always got good folks around you, it seems like. Uh, so I've been very, very, very blessed. I thank the Lord many times. I don't, I don't know why it has worked out that way, but I have had remarkable people. I've had some other young, young people come to work for me. They went on to some really significant things outside of him died. So I, I don't know why or how it happened, but I thank <laughs> the good Lord for, for, for sending those kind of folks to me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and just kind of rolling on into some other the fun questions here we got for you. Um, spent a lot of time traveling the state as a commissioner, um, as a legislator, just otherwise, leisurely. Um, you always got to stop in and get something to eat somewhere. Is there a local favorite or maybe somewhere out in the state somewhere that, man, anytime you just happen to be in the area, got to stop in there and get a bite to eat? Well, I don't think it's there anymore, but the Menden Hall Round Table would be hey. number one. <laughs> Absolutely. It's for sale right now. It yeah. is vacant. My, yeah. my, ah. my vehicle wouldn't pass there without, <laughs> without stopping in. Uh, Mississippi is very fortunate in that. Uh, in fact, when, uh, when I was younger, I, would, I had a traveling job, and I would start, I would get in my mind, you know, I stopped in this little, particularly stopping in small towns at lunchtime. That's where you're going to go for lunch, That's not right. big towns. You're going to go to small towns for lunch. And so, uh, yeah, miss, we, we're, 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 we're very blessed in Mississippi. Um, and then the the best part about you know the traveling around is you get to taste all the kind of different things in the areas. We've had so many good recommendations. We talked about uh, maybe next uh, next year running through these podcasts at these different uh, food spots that people keep recommending. I think that's a perfect idea. I love that idea. Uh, Commissioner Hall, we'll just ask you one more thing and wrap things up. What are you up to these days? What's going on in your life? You know, I used to ask people that uh, retired, I'd say, 
you know, what do you do with your time? And they'd say, I don't know how I had time to have a job. <laughs> now I know exactly what they meant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and particularly, Brad seems to always come, he keeps coming up with something for me to do. Uh, but, but no, I'm, I'm, I am very fortunate. I'll have to admit, I am not, I am not up at an office somewhere at 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, take my time getting started in the day, but uh, but it's but it's very full. In fact, I believe it or not, I actually maintain an office. I had to. I had to put all that stuff somewhere. Yes, yeah, sure. It's still, it's still sitting there. Like, I guess one of the days I'll try to try to get it organized. The state of uh, Mississippi State's asked me to to uh, send them my papers, and I don't even know where to start. <laughs> Just give them the address to the office. Yeah, the office. Thought, there you uh, go. They're gonna put in my wheel. All those boxes. Yeah, they, there can, you go. they can do what they want. Well, they'll have to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And I, selfishly, I do have one question. So I haven't worked for Senator Cochran. I know I, I got to, to be around him and uh, learn about his career and whatnot. And you two were, were close back in the day. Um, but I think there's a funny story too about maybe uh, you being called out as, as senator at a ball game or something. Well, Senator Cochran is like six months older than I. Same age, same, you know, he's right down in Byron. Uh, and we've always had a lot a lot in common. And, uh, and and a lot of people got us confused for some reason. Uh, I mean, really. And, and I, it happened, happened a number of times, but the one that really sticks out in my mind, that I was at a Jackson State ball game, uh, football game. Uh, and, and they introduced Senator Cochran. And I looked around, I said, well, I didn't know Senator Cochran was here. I wonder where his dad is. I don't see him anywhere. And I finally realized everybody's looking at me. <laughs> so I stood up and waved. <laughs> and next time I saw Senator Cochran, I told him, I said, there were 25,000 people out there thought you were at that ball game. <clears throat> that really happened. In fact, I was at the state capitol for inauguration. I forgot whose inauguration it was. And, 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 there, and afterwards, you know, everybody's kind of getting, just kind of visiting around there. And some guy, and Senator Cochran stand over here talking to somebody. And this other guy comes up, starts talking to me about my time in the Navy. Somebody said, "No, I wasn't in the Navy." He said, "Well, Senator, sure you were." And he thought I was Ted Cochran, and Ted's standing right over, <laughs> over right next to me talking to somebody. But that way, if you're gonna get confused with somebody, I would Ted Cochran's a good person to be confused with. Very true. That is. That is very true. Y'all missed out on a great opportunity to be the proverbial, to be in two places at once. I mean, you could have just had the twin yeah. senators uh, running all over the place. For sure. Well, Commissioner Hall, we really appreciate you coming in today. What a fascinating perspective and great to hear from what I would say one of the main figures in Mississippi transportation history. You've, you've had, a, a, just a, you had a phenomenal career, and we really appreciate you coming in to speak with us today. Well, thank you, guys. It's, uh, it's, it's nice to sit around and talk about some of these things. And we Turn hope you continue to refer to it as us and, and, and are. You're forever a part of the family. I just can't help that. We're <laughs> perfectly okay with that. No doubt. Uh, so we'll go ahead and wrap things up. Uh, thanks again, Commissioner Hall, for coming in and speaking with us today. Uh, we want to thank all of our listeners out there for tuning into the Extra Mile podcast. We also want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, and our editor, Drew Hall. Uh, they do tons behind the scenes to make this show go. Uh, remember, you can listen and watch each episode by visiting gomdot.com forward slash the extra mile. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle there is at MississippiDOT. And as always, remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi Highways.